Hi friends, Owen Locke and Rick Talley here from Locke and Company Distilling. First off, we'd like to thank Sam and Jay at the Unfiltered Podcast for all they do in our industry, community, and more importantly, it's just good to work with great guys like them. Owen and I are Colorado natives. We've spent more than a decade perfecting our Aspenage rye whiskey, and we think it's well worth the wait. Rye whiskey usually isn't for the faint of heart, but we have to say this is hands down some of the smoothest rye on the market. That comes from our 95% rye, 5% barley mash bill and our unique aging process. We age our whiskey in smaller 30 gallon barrels for a minimum of two years. And then we finish the rye by adding hand cut and hand charred aspen discs harvested from our family property outside of Fairplay, Colorado. This artisanal process produces an extremely smooth rye with notes of light brown sugar, cinnamon to balance the spiciness of the rye grain truly delivering a taste like none other. So if you enjoy gold medal winning spirits, want to support small business, please consider making Lock & Co. Aspen Age Rye Whiskey your next purchase. You can find our Aspen Age Rye Whiskey at many bars and restaurants and most liquor stores on the front range and throughout Colorado. Check us out at lockandcodistilling.com. That's L-O-C-K-E at lockandcodistilling.com. Cheers from Rick and Owen. Now, to be clear, we prefer drinking to celebrate and not as a treatment for the pains of being an adult, which is why we appreciate the real estate services of our pal, Brian Campbell, because Brian knows how to handle the intricacies of residential and commercial real estate and keep us from imbibing in vain. You see, Brian is a member of the Colwell Banker Denver West team and has been in real estate for over two decades and has worked with hundreds of clients who've bought and sold homes and commercial properties all across the Denver metro area. And aside from openly admitting to being a friend of the podcast, he knows what he's doing. So if you're ready to sell or looking to buy anywhere around the area and keep enjoying craft beer just for the fun of it, give Brian a call at 720-217-9435 or leave him a message at your5280broker.com. That's your5280broker.com. And when you reach out, don't forget to ask him about the $1,000 off closing costs and no cost one year home warranty. Have you done a podcast before? No, no this is the what? first one. This is your f- yeah. I feel like podcasts are like craft beer breweries, they're just kind of everywhere. So I'm honored. I'm honored that you would yeah, join the show. Of course. Um, usually Jay would say this, but he's not here. Can one of you tell us where we are? Yeah, so we are in Wagwan Brewing Company, um, located at 925 West 8th Avenue in the Santa Fe Arts District in Denver. Were you, I mean, we can talk about the history of this place. For, for folks who haven't been here, um, used to be Intrepid Sojourner, and then it was, I guess, then it was Flightco, right? They were Flightco for a little bit? Oh, it was Next Stop. Oh, Next Stop, yeah. Next Stop, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Flightco's yeah. out in Lowry or something. Where's Flightco? Flyco, I think, is Berkeley. That's uh, what it yeah. is. Too many yeah. damn crap breweries. I mean, there's, yeah, when there's 400-plus breweries in yes. one state, right? <laughs> I'll be totally f- uh, transparent. We really liked those guys that had this place, but it was never that busy. Um, did you, I mean, this is crazy. It's 3.30, and the parking lot's full, but you got people sitting up there. Were you expecting the Santa Fe resurgence when you opened up? Because now it's, I mean, there's so much going on, I feel like, in this area. Um, it was something that we were hoping to time well, um, but it was, the response I think has been better than expectations. Okay. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Especially coming out of COVID and everything. Yeah. Yeah. When did you open up? 
Uh, so we opened June 19th of this year. Okay. Um, we did that purposefully. It's on um, Juneteenth. Okay. Um, Jesse's African-American, and mm-hmm. um, just mm-hmm. being a black-owned brewery, we thought that was really important um, to open on that day. So that kind of cultural sensitivity, um, I feel like in any articles that have come out about the place and your interviews, you know, with, uh, uh, you know, any of those publications, I think, have you, you Shikes came over here, didn't he? Yep. Yeah, okay, he did. yeah, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, did you know from day one that uh, when you began planning that that sensitivity, that awareness was really going to be one of the, it was kind of be at the center of your ethos as a brewery? For sure. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, that was a huge part of our, our business plan as well. Um, and just an initial conversations that we had had um, was incorporating the African-American community, the Caribbean community um, as much as possible. Um, So whether that's in partnerships or um, just events that we throw, um, we wanted that to be a focal point of our brewery. Yeah, definitely. Um, To piggyback on that too, um, both of us have an ancestry related to the transatlantic slave trade. So, um, you know, coming out and, and being who we are and, and being authentic in that really, you know, it's, I think it was key for us to, to make that kind of a focal point, like, like Harsha was saying. Aside, okay, so I mean, there we go, right? Aside from the aesthetic of the place, what does that mean for your beer then? What does that mean in the product? How, does, how do you get up in the morning and, and use that, that experience, that, that awareness to inform the beer that you make? Yeah, for sure. So... Um, I'm first generation American. Um, my family is from Jamaica. We're Indian Jamaican. So the whole idea behind Wagwan is that it's a Jamaican inspired brewery, okay. um, which means um, to us that there is no Jamaican style of beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, that means incorporating um, those fruits, those spices, a lot of the, um, I guess, culinary um, aspects of Jamaica into our beer. Um, so, for example, the one that you're drinking right now, the jerk drum, um, is reminiscent of jerk seasoning. Okay. Um, so we use smoked malts in that, um, allspice, uh, scotch bonnet peppers, and ginger to kind of bring you into that um, jerk seasoning. It's good. It's mindset. delicious. <laughs> no, I, I love a beer with some bite, too. So I, I appreciate the peppers. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Yeah. Um, who, who, okay, we bounce around a lot, if you can't tell. Right? <laughs> um, tell me the story of how you got started. Let's, I mean, we've got, we've got the kind of values and the mission, but what's, uh, like, how in the hell do you decide to open a brewery? Because uh, that's not something everybody does. Yeah. Where do we start? Yeah. <laughs> start um, wherever you want. <laughs> well, how did you two meet? How about that? Let's, let's start there. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the best place to start. Yeah. So um, we met on Hinge, okay. a dating app. We had our first date, though. At Avery Brewing okay. in Boulder. What year? What year? 2017. Okay. Yeah, All right. So, yeah, four years ago now, over four years ago now. Yeah, but beer has been like the focal point of our relationship. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Were you time. beer drinkers before individually? Was it a part um, of. I was getting into craft beer okay. at that point. Um, didn't experiment a whole lot with different um, styles. I was drinking like New England IPAs and and things like that, but didn't venture out beyond that, really. Um, and then Jesse's from here. <laughs> yeah, um, I grew up in Denver, um, okay. so I've kind of been exposed to beer most of my life, uh, definitely with Coors being here as, yeah. like, the big brewery. And then um, I remember as a kid, Blue Moon kind of blowing up. Mm-hmm. I remember going to a baseball game, actually, with my dad and, like, 
when Blue Moon was like still brewed at yeah. Coors Field. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like where it all kind of started for me in terms of craft beer. But then growing up, um, as I became of age to drink, um, some of the big breweries like Odell mm-hmm. and Avery and Oscar Blues were really big and starting to distribute across the country. So those were some of the beers that I started experimenting with. Um, and yeah, I've been kind of, I've been going to breweries for ever since I could drink, I guess. Okay. <laughs> was it one of those things where, you know, once you two, well, even before you, you know, were 21, that's fine, right? This, yeah. is, this, is, this is not a, a, a PG rated show, so you're totally okay. Mm-hmm. Were you, I mean, college kids, high school kids, you know, we start drinking Coors Light and shit beers and yeah. mass produced beers. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how do you get into this though? I mean, yes, you have those breweries and right. And yes, you yeah. were up in Boulder. Are you, were you living in Boulder at the time? Yeah. You were so I was okay. going to grad school okay. um, right. at CU. Um, so I guess that's a little bit more background on us. Um, my background is in meteorology and sustainability okay. planning and management. Um, and then Jesse's a, I'm a, a cybersecurity I guess expert these days. Um, yeah, I went to, to MSU. Yeah, you went to Metro. That's awesome. Yeah, yes. yeah MSU grad. Um, this is their equipment, so that's fantastic. Oh, yeah. that's, shout out that's, to that's, <laughs> yeah. shout out to my boss, the yeah. President Davidson. Thank you. Yes, uh, yes. She she came on board actually as I was graduating. Okay, she's okay. awesome. Um, yeah, so I, I was in the military actually before college, okay. um, but then I transitioned into business. Uh, went to the College of Business at um, at Metro and got a CIS degree, computer information systems. So from there, I went into cybersecurity consulting. Okay. Um, I did some, a bunch of risk-based consulting work and penetration testing, which is probably one of my more, like, cool skills. Yeah. Being a little bit of a hacker. (laughs) I won't say, like, a true pro hacker, but definitely did did enough. Um, Was the cybersecurity, uh, the the program that's there now in that building, was it there when you were in school? No, it wasn't. It was only the CIS or computer science program. Okay, they didn't even have it. Yeah, they didn't even offer that program. (laughs) We've got to get you back on campus. I mean, the president would love this stuff. So, yeah, that's awesome to see a a Roadrunner alum out there doing stuff. Um, Wow. And then, okay, so you meet in Boulder. uh, But, but again, let's let's go back to that question. Getting into craft beer. No, you're you're, you're good. We can go wherever you want. Um, How did you start drinking good beer? Yeah. So I guess from there, um, after we met and we both knew that we loved craft beer, um, we just started roaming around Denver, trying different beers, trying different breweries. Um, That just became like our weekend hobby. Um, We started homebrewing, which fell down that rabbit hole. Yep. (laughs) Just trying to make our own beer at home, trying to try out recipes, make things that we enjoy. Um, We took a brewing science course online. Um, just read everything that we could about beer. Um, and now, you're very smart people. So were you doing the Mr. Beer Kit, or were you like, we're going whole hog on this, we're getting... Oh, like, no, all, we went whole hog. Oh, we oh, got the, uh, the yeah, other stuff. The oh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah. We, we tried one... Um, one kit, I think one like Our first kit. yeah, dry malt extraction and like that type of that type of brewing kit at first, and then we were like, well, we like to cook, so um, let's just go buy some true home brewing equipment, and then we just started doing all grain okay. brewing at home. Yeah, <laughs> we went fast. <laughs> yeah, I mean obviously. So what? Yeah, I mean was that was that was that 2018, 2019? When when was this happening? 2019 is yeah. like when we when we started with that, um, and then during the pandemic, we were just like, I mean, we were just sitting at home, so we were sitting at home brewing beer and like reading books, and then we were kind of, you know, that's kind of where what kind of 
brought us mm-hmm. to this point of like. Well, we gotta back up a little bit. Oh, we do. Um, <laughs> so I lost my job. Okay. Um, that sounds fun. Yeah. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yes. Fun. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. Uh, in April of last year. Um, what were you doing? So. At the time, I was doing renewable energy research, which involved like siting um, locations for solar and wind projects. Um, Exciting to a point, but um, beer was obviously more interesting. Um, Goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But we were stuck at home, so we were like, all right, well, this is perfect uh, opportunity to um, start business planning and looking into locations and go forward with the, the plan that we've always wanted to, to do, which is open a business together. So this is like the brainchild of COVID. Yes. Definitely. A thousand percent. Because, I mean, we've interviewed folks who had ideas before COVID. They were planning. They decided. But you two just were drinking your own beer, getting a little buzz, and decided we should take this thing to the next level. Yes. Yeah, that's, yep. that's part of it. I think the other part of it is is that, like, there really is a lack of diversity yeah. in, in the brewing industry. Yes. And, and we felt like we could bring something to the table that truly is different and just comes from a different direction. So that's, that's one of the reasons why we were kind of like, you know, we should, we should go for this Mm -hmm. because if it's not us, like who's, who's going to do it? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot because my PhD is in rhetoric and cultural studies. Um, So I want to, I want to ask a question. Yeah. As folks who weren't brewing, but who opened up this brewery with, Again, a cultural awareness and, and the awareness that there's a lack mm-hmm. there. It's a very white space for sure. Um, what's the word? I want, I want to ask, uh, what's, what was missing other than people of color? What, 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 I mean, because that's not it, right? It's, yeah. it's not just that. It's not just bodies. No, right? I mean, I think it's everything that comes with that, though. It's mm-hmm. like those experiences of, of those communities. Um, it's the flavors of those communities. It's um, having those voices in the brewing industry, I think, is really important. And that was what was missing. Um, not, yeah. that, not that we are, you know, the only people that should be mm-hmm. doing that. But mm-hmm. um, I think that there's just a whole world out there of, of flavors and experiences that are not incorporated into the industry right now. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, from the African-American perspective is, like, um, a lot of us have been involved in the beer industry for, for years, for decades, for centuries, really, in this country. And um, having, getting our voices out there and getting um, some leadership re- representation, I think, um, was very important. And important to the industry, too, because we do... We do see America a little bit differently than everybody else, and some may agree and some may not, but the reality is, is that our life experience is also valuable, and mm-hmm. um, you know the things that we offer are valuable and, and valuable in beer, and we can, we can do it too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of remarkable, you, you two make me think, um, cuisine evolved in the United States, right, as we become that cliche melting pot, right? But in all, in all seriousness, right, it does, it evolves, 200 years of evolving. Yeah, beer never really did. You know, uh, your big two breweries, three, I guess, uh, had a, such a stranglehold on on beer. Um, I guess maybe beer was just a little bit behind because of capitalism. Perhaps I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, capitalism and some some very very dominant market forces. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's crazy. It's it's fascinating. Do you expect more of this thing to happen to craft beer uh, as we move forward? I mean, it, it's going to continue to evolve. You know, b- breweries close, breweries get bigger. Right. I mean, 
are we are, are we sensitive enough uh, in the industry to to really kind of uh, invigorate this this moment momentum? I mean, I hope so. I mean, I think that that it has to. I mean, at the end of the day, like when you when you look at the Colorado market as a whole, um, all 429 breweries I think that are in the market, uh, how many of them like look the same, feel the same, mm-hmm. have the same offerings? Um, without diversity in the industry, I mean, you're going to just get more of the same, and then. Um, especially from even from a, a startup position, you know, we breweries do fail, right? Yeah. And but in my opinion, a lot of the breweries that have failed is because they keep trying the same business model mm-hmm. and without any uh, differentiation. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. there is an opportunity to differentiate your, yourself based on your culture, and that doesn't just mean. Um, black or South Asian or, or those types of cultures mm-hmm. like what we represent um, or the Caribbean population, but also even within the Caucasian population, there's there's definitely room to do more with your heritage, I think, and, and not be so cookie cutter. Are we okay having this conversation? I don't want to like put you oh, on the this spot. Is, as, okay, this okay. is part of our mission statement, yeah. so like, this is kind of the bread and butter of, of Wagwan. Because, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've attempted to ask brewers questions like this before, um, and you know, most, most folks dudes often, right? Your brew dudes don't want to go down that path. They don't want to talk about inequalities in the industry. They don't want to talk about what, um, you know, the invisibility of their own whiteness, quite honestly, especially in craft beer. I mean, it's, it's, it remains flannel shirts and beards, you know, not that much has changed. Great people, but still, you know, it's there. Um, with this in mind, let's walk back a little bit as you're brewing, what, like, what was the moment where you decided to go and experiment with the spices, with really the kind of the physical heritage yeah. of, of your backgrounds and all of that in beer? Yeah, so I think the first step that we took there, once we had tried out home brewing, researched, like, took that, that brewing science course, um, we just started creating a list of different ingredients that we know that we wanted yeah. to use and um, kind of use that our culinary, I don't know, skills yeah. <laughs> at our home kitchen um, to figure out like what styles would pair, was, pair best with those. Um, we took those ideas into the brewery and worked with our head brewer um, to create those recipes. Yeah, I think the head brewer is also like um, a really important piece to all of this. So our head brewer um, has been in the industry for over 15 years. He's very, very experienced. Um, that's one of the things that we identified as being um, a troublesome spot for, for startup breweries is a lot of people try to do it themselves as owners. And while that, that does work out very, very well for some, um, you do have a pretty steep learning curve mo- moving from home brewing to pro brewing. So we, we went and we sought out a, a, a head brewer and he happens to be Thai. And so the first beer that we talked about brewing, which is actually like our number one bestseller right now, is called Trop Queen and it mm-hmm. is a jackfruit kolsch wow and it is incredible it is an incredibly good beer and he's the one who actually brought that to the table so in terms of like the ingredients and the uses of those ingredients and like what we're trying to bring we're trying to really do things that are super interesting and very Mm -hmm. unique um based on the cultures that are represented here what kind of relationship do you have with the head brewer then in terms of recipes in terms of experimentation uh three different backgrounds, right? Coming oh, yeah. together to try to do the same thing, which is totally awesome. That's explosive. That's perfect. But there have to be, you know, some ideas that probably get wiped off the whiteboard or and, and some ideas that go forward. So what's that relationship like? Yeah, I mean, we're 
super collaborative and I feel like Jesse and I are, are open to doing anything that's weird and anything that maybe another brewery won't try. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you're okay with me saying no, this go, right now, go but for it. we actually just brewed a durian wheat beer okay. today. Um, durian is um, stinky. Yeah. Okay. It's, <laughs> okay. it's a funky fruit. It's yeah. very smelly. Um, but that was also another idea from our head brewer okay. and something that we also thought would be really cool and interesting to brew. Um, so we just brewed that, I think today actually. Um, so just things like that, any ideas that he has that he, um, wants to bring to the table and wants to brew, we're totally open to it. And anything that we bring to him, um, he may tweak a little bit just to, to make it a little bit, um, more tasty, um, and come out a little bit better. But, um, we meet every week, um, to talk about recipes and, um, what our brew schedule looks like. I mean, I think the whole idea is like collaboration. And like, like that's that's what we really do with him is like we say hey like we have this idea specific like um, for you know like jerk drum the the beer you're drinking mm-hmm. right now how do we get jerk spices in beer and like we were thinking you know we would, we had kind of spitballed a couple ideas and then he brought up the idea he's like well what about a rauk beer yeah. that's gonna get a lot of attention because most places don't do rauk beers and and you're also gonna get that smoky mm-hmm. aspect to it and so that's one of the ways where like we kind of bring the idea of what we're looking for and maybe a style that we think it might pair well with. And then we just collaborate from there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What made you think you could do that? Okay. So let's, let's go back to yeah. uh, April, 2020, <laughs> yeah. right? When we're all stuck at home, probably drinking maybe 10, 11 o'clock in the morning, right? Yeah. Earlier, if you have kids, uh, honey, if you're listening. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, you obviously hit the ground running. I mean, one year to do a business plan and to find a location, that's not a lot of time. It yeah. sounds like a lot, but it's not. So walk me through that process. Yeah. Uh, we're go-getters, for okay. sure. Um, I think Harsh and I both work at a pretty quick pace on everything we do, <laughs> I would say. Um, I mean, just to throw it back for myself for a minute, at Metro, I I got my degree in under two years, so okay. like, or in under three years, sorry, two years and nine months. My gosh, we need to put you in the magazine. <laughs> I swear, I'm going back to the president tomorrow. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so we are uh, the alumni association, absolutely. But yeah, that's the that's the kind of pace that that we move at. I, I like I said, I was also in the Marine Corps, so I'm used uh-huh. to like working hard and and getting things done and okay. I think Harsha also yeah has that same yeah same and I think um just honestly being unemployed for a while there um I had lots of free time yeah um so I would work on um kind of marketing and and for, figuring out like ways to get our name out there even before we opened okay um and working on some like initial crowdfunding campaigns that we had um so just working on those things when Jesse was was still um working his day job um, the brewery took up most of my time. Was there something about that moment in kind of COVID that actually maybe had a positive effect on starting a business in that sense of crowdfunding? There was a lot of stuff going on in those early months, right? Being supportive of mm-hmm. craft type stuff. I mean, did you feel that or no? You could say no. Um, I, I don't no, I don't know. I mean, I, I think so. I think, um, and yeah, feel free to, to ask any hard questions, yeah. but like, I know for both of us, we were pretty impacted, especially myself, um, with George Floyd okay. and everything that happened in May, 2020. Um, and I think that that's kind of one of the points where I think we both were like, you know, there needs to be some cultural representation mm-hmm. and like, um, 
we took a look at the market. We saw some some breweries were closing for COVID reasons and for non-COVID reasons. There were lots of reasons why some breweries closed, but, but we saw the market opportunity there. Mm-hmm. And for people of color, you have to identify that market opportunity, and then you have to go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, even when it seems counterintuitive, mm-hmm. um, when the barrier to entry is low, that's when you got to shoot your shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that a heavy lift? I mean, we t- you know... I'm not your so-and-so, right? Like, they, they, you know, you cannot be my token so-and-so. You two have made this decision consciously to, to not just open a brewery, right, but to be a very unique face, right, and welcome face in the, in the industry. Is that a heavy lift emotionally, physically, all those things? Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty heavy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I'm sure everybody comes to the you know to interview you and ask the same damn questions, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get asked a lot about like why we started the brewery and yeah. the inspiration behind it and all that, and we love sharing that that yeah. part um, of our story. But at the same time, it, it it is really hard to to be the only ones that are kind of doing this, so that we know of. Um, but we want to use um, the brewery as like a I don't know. Guess a, a point for other people to get inspiration from, and hopefully open their own breweries or just get more involved in the industry because we do need those voices and we do need that diversity um, and that representation. Um, and we can't be the only ones. Mm-hmm. Like we, we need others. Yeah, we need <laughs> others. We need the community to come together. Um, we've definitely interacted with some some really great people though, and I think that that's what helps make that burden a little less heavy. Is is that we've we have gotten a, a huge amount of positive response from the African-American community, from the Caribbean community, and just from people of color in general. Um, we've, and, and I think that we can continue to hopefully inspire and work with and collaborate with, with all the black-owned breweries in America. Um, yeah. And that's, that's definitely a huge goal of ours. Yeah. So what do you do, I guess, what are those conscious partnerships that you're doing now? Like how, you know, you've taken on the community leader role, right? As a, yeah. and, 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 uh, so, so what are you doing to foster those relationships? Like to walk us through that, walk me through that. Yeah, um, so I guess one example um, that stands out that is a reoccurring um, event that we do is on First Fridays here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a huge event in the Santa Fe Arts District, um, just pulls a large crowd um, just because of the street vendors and different events that the galleries do. Um, but we have a Jamaican DJ come play okay. every first Friday. Um, DJ Chris Milley, shout DJ out. Milley. Nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we also have Jamaican uh, food truck come mm-hmm. by every first Friday. Um, aside from that, though, um, we consciously pair with or partner up with um, different black-owned businesses for our food pairings. Um Shout out to Flick of the Whisk. Yes, yes. She <laughs> uh, makes amazing cakes, by yes. the way. <laughs> um, so we partnered with, with her. Um, we have a couple um, in the pipeline, too, um, to do some food pairings in the future. Okay. Um, but things like that, we seek out um, black-owned businesses, women-owned businesses, mm-hmm. and give them a platform here um, so that they have an opportunity to get their name out there. Um, we also partner with Little John um, Produce, okay. um, which is a CSA program um, that impacts um, this food desert that we live in right here. Yeah. Um, so we serve as a, a pickup spot for that, that okay. produce um, box every week. Um, we partner with Museo, um, okay. DLS Americas down the street. Yes. Um, as a meeting spot for their Spanish conversation classes. Um, so we just want to be multicultural. We're, we're Jamaican-inspired brewery, but um, we just want yes. to crave that diversity yes. in our space. And 
Um, I know that that's something, just going a little bit off topic here, um, something that Jesse and I noticed anytime we had walked into a brewery previously, um, it's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's it's weird to be the only person of color in that brewery, and it's weird to get stared at. It's weird to, you know, um, have people assume what you're going to order, being a, a female anyway. That's definitely the, the experience I have. Um so our brewery, um, we want it to be, you know, a welcoming space for, for anyone. We don't want to assume anything, um, but we we want to, I don't know, just be that environment where anyone can feel like they're You want to be a community. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. What kind of response have you got from the community? I mean, not just business-wise, but actually, no, we can't talk business-wise, but yeah. also, you know, are you getting regulars? Are you getting folks that have kind of found your beer and they're coming back and all of that stuff? Oh, for sure. Okay. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think... Our grand opening weekend was just incredible. I mean, I, I have almost no words to describe how incredible it was, the response that we got from the beer community and from just everyone in the Denver community that showed up. I mean, we had, like, just crazy days of sales and, and so much networking with, with other members of the of the black community here, of the Caribbean community here, and of the brewing community, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, tons of people. Um, people from places like uh, as far away as, I think, Avery. We had someone come from Avery. We had someone come from, like, Westfax. Grist. Grist. Awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, places, like, great breweries across the city, um, including some of our... our Good, good friends over at Goldspot and Lady Justice, mm-hmm. who are amazing people. They are. Yes. Um, and shout out to Betsy. Yes. Yeah, yes, Betsy yes. <laughs> and Calissa. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and Calissa, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just the response that we got just in that weekend alone really helped solidify for us that that, that we made a good decision mm-hmm. and that that bringing representation to the industry was welcome by by most of the industry, and that's that's yeah. awesome. That is, it's very special. Did you want to add something? Sorry, to say. Oh no, I was just going to say that that um, just thinking about the responses and the interaction that um, that we had throughout that weekend um, makes me really emotional sometimes, just because we had people, like strangers come up to us just say like, "This is such a beautiful brewery. Mm-hmm. The beers are great. Like, I had a really great time, and it's great to see like this happen yeah. in this space." And um, and they've never been to a brewery like this, so that that makes it worth it yeah i can't tell you how many times i've we've heard that mm-hmm. that like people are like this is i've never been to a brewery like this before i've and i said so many times even to this day we get people that are, they're like it's my first time in but this the vibe's crazy or like the the murals are insane and like i've never been to a brewery like this before and it's that's that's the type of response that we're looking for and it's like good that's okay come in yeah sit, sit down have a beer and yeah let's chill yeah <laughs> that stuff can only happen if you keep your doors open. So what are you doing, I guess, marketing-wise, communications-wise, to get the word out? How are you trying to build up that customer base? Yeah. Um, so we do a lot of social media marketing. Okay. Um, we rely heavily on um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, we just started our, our TikTok. Our TikTok, which is... Yeah. A learning curve. Yeah. For, yeah, we're, we're a for us. Old. I was going to say, yeah, I think we're all too old here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to but, figure it out. But though. we're we're getting there. I mean, come on. We started on MySpace. We're millennials. Uh, we can we, we can, can handle it. it. <laughs> yeah. So the reason we know who Dane Cook is, I think, because of yeah. MySpace. Right? right? Yeah. 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 But yeah, um, so social media, um, we are doing um, some promotions through Westward okay. as well, um, especially with our larger um, events that we have coming up. 
Um, other than that, though, um, a lot of guerrilla marketing. Yeah. Um, so Jesse and I will roam about Denver with okay. uh, with flyers and posters and things, and um, just hand those out. And yeah. we have, I don't know, handed out so many stickers and business cards and things like that. So. Yeah. That's like lots of old school payment. shit there. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We kind of we kind of have to be um yeah, it's there our marketing budget isn't as, as big as we would like it to be, but that's that's pretty normal for a yeah. startup. So yeah. we got to we got to take what take be what we can get with, it. Yeah. with that. Um yeah. but yeah, Jesse and I are super um I guess sociable people. Mm-hmm. Um and we really love just building relationships and talking to people and yeah. I don't know. I think that that's what we do best, so we kind of took those um, strengths and um, went out there. And did it. Yeah. Did it. yeah. Due to the timing of the year, we yeah. don't get asked this question very often, What? how does a brewery prepare for the winter months? Like, what, what kind of conversations do you two have to have as business owners to try to get as many feet and, and people in the door as possible in, in a time when things usually slow down, even in Colorado? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, we both um, – we hit the marketing – and one of the things that we talk about a lot is like how can we make the taproom space even more inviting and and really try to convince people that this is a bit of a, a an oasis in the winter time you're definitely yeah. going to get some of those island vibes those vacation vibes like winter is a time that we would love to be the most busy mm-hmm. um and because you should be off enjoying your vacation time in the summertime mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what it's there for but yeah it's it's a difficult time of year to like to head into, especially as a new business, but um, we are taking some steps to try to secure some more customer base before the weather gets really, yeah. you know, snowy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I guess some of that includes canning and canning, yeah. getting our beer into cans, um, which is something that has kind of moved up a okay. bit on our on our timeline. Um, so yeah, definitely getting our beer into cans, making our patio a little bit more um, comfortable. Um, so you say cans. Will you bring in a mobile canning line and get stuff in six packs, or what's the plan? Yeah, we, we actually have um, access to a canning line okay. uh, through one of our connections in the industry. Um, just it's, It is a mobile canning line, but it's stationary um, at Their that spot, individual's yeah. uh, uh, space. Nice. So okay. it's something that we that we can use. Um, so right now, that's that's like our number one task right now is like we're looking at, we're designing some labels right now for some of our, our front runners and okay. we're going to start getting those beers in cans and we're looking at a to-go cooler as well so that we'll be able to offer some six packs and things like that nice. to go and um, try to supplement some of the, the lack of, of tap room revenue through yeah. through distribution and, and yeah. canning. Well, I guess to piggyback off of that, um, also just building up our offsite accounts, okay. um, getting our ke- kegs elsewhere um, in the city, um, and then building up events as well in the tap room and just creating um, that atmosphere where people want to come um, during those winter months. Who has to do that? Who's the one going to bars at you to try to get them on tap? That is both of us. Both of you guys, <laughs> yeah. you go together? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or... Or separately sometimes. It it depends on schedule. But yeah, we we both try to try to develop those relationships as best as we possibly can. And um, we do encourage like our staff too that if they're, you know, out hanging out with their Mm -hmm. friends, like don't be afraid to drop a line and just see where it goes. Um, because we are a new brewery and you know, we gotta collaborate with everybody on the team. It's a team effort for sure. What's the pitch when you go to breweries? Is it is it the beer? Is it the story? What do you or not breweries, I'm sorry, when you go to uh, 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 bars, is it the what is it? What's the angle? Does it depend? I mean, it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, 
we've been trying to to pitch that story first. Yeah. Um, just because it is super unique. Um, but then we bring along our beer catalog and explain yeah. our beers and and <clears throat> stuff like that. But um, it has worked so yeah. far. Yeah. Uh, we are on tap at Improper City. Okay. Rhino, nice. Which we're super proud of. Yes. Yeah, very, very proud of that one. Yeah. Um, definitely thank you to them for taking a chance on us. It's definitely hard to get your beer into places when you're a new brewery, which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> because you don't know if it's going to be good or not. But right. no, it, um, Improper City was like a, a huge win for us. Okay. And, um, yeah. yeah, I think it, really the uniqueness of our beers, like we do have offerings, like I think on tap right now at Improper City, our red ale's on tap. And so we added tamarind to that, for okay. for instance, which gives it kind of a, a tart sweetness that yeah. complements like the, the malt in it. And it's it's really good. And yeah, that's... Yeah. And we've, we've found um, some friends in the climbing community as well. Okay. Um, and we'll be on tap at um, The Spot, which is ah. a climbing gym. That's uh, smart, yes. Yeah. Drunk people climbing sound. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yes. Yeah. So just kind of tapping into those, um, I guess, communities that uh, maybe don't get as much love from the brewing community, um, especially here in the city. Like, since we're located in Denver, we just want to use these networks that we already have. And um, some of our bartenders climb, so mm-hmm. it's just natural fit for us. Yeah, some of that stuff just seems like low-hanging fruit sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know? like, yeah. Of course, people, uh, climbers want to have a beer afterward. Yeah, um, sure. Two more questions, and then yeah. then we can, you know, have a, dabble in another beverage. Yeah. Hard one first. What's been the toughest part of the last few months? What, what, what's been the hardest lesson learned? Oh, man. Oh, man. I think man. we got that one. I definitely. You want me to take the lead yeah. on that? All right. <laughs> it is, I guess it is my side of the house, being the, the business student that I am. Um, the hardest and toughest challenge and lesson learned all in one mm-hmm. is, to be honest, systemic racism. And that may seem like... Um, an odd answer to the question, but I'll explain. Um, one of the biggest ways that that plays itself out in America as a whole is the lack of access to capital. Okay. Um, we we are funded. We we're we're on our way, and we're doing what we can. But we were not funded in the same way that that most other breweries are funded. Mm-hmm. And I think being very diligent diligent about. Um, our cash flow and about that has been one of the toughest things to manage and make sure that we can stay on track and be open for a couple of years so that we can actually, you know, get to the next level. That is by far the biggest challenge. And, and the lesson learned is, is that we've got a lot to do as a society to make access to capital more real for people of color. I mean, the reality is, is that, um, we don't start off on the same starting line. Yeah. That's just the reality of the situation. Um, and that has been a challenge really since day one of coming up with this idea. Um, we, we do joke that like, you know, if other people had come up with this idea, they might be, might be a little bit easier to, to, to get money. And that seems a little backwards to us, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. Do you have, do you have anything to add? Harsha? Yeah. I think as far as, um, the brewery itself goes, um, I guess it's sort of somewhat related to that, um, with the funding issue. Um, just investing a lot more into marketing um, right off the bat and um, not that we we don't have um, lots of attention from the press articles and things like that that we've had um, but just investing more into that up front um, just putting that best foot forward I think is how do you find those partners then what kind of 
uh, a rebuttal to this, right, or a kind yeah. of response. Knowing what you two just said, um, how do you find the right partners to fund, to provide capital that create a comfortable relationship for you, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, because <laughs> you don't want to go to a, a bank that's, you know, treating you like shit. Mm. But they're willing to give you some money. I mean, right. there's got to be like, how do you, how do you? That's got to be a balancing act, I guess is my point. I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know if it's a balancing act. We just take what comes, what we yeah. can get. I mean, that's really the only thing. Is just, um, we're just aggressive about it, and you know, state what we need to state, and that's that's the reality. Is that we got to take what, what comes to us, even if it's not the best fit. I mean, I think community lenders do what they can do, and that's really how we got here. Okay. Um, but um, the banking community and just in investment in general, even when you're looking at venture capital and private equity, it's just it's not there yeah. for, for things like this. And it's it's um, it's a lot of times what we found is it's like two extremes, right? Like you get you get some kind of shady people that might want to invest in you and you're like, oh, I'm not going to take that. Or you get these you know venture capital firms that do specialize in in. Um, black-owned businesses or, or minority-owned businesses, mm-hmm. but they're looking for, like, the next software company because yeah. they want to hit it big, and, and, like, that's amazing, and we definitely need a, a black-owned software company. Somebody should totally do that. But <laughs> at the end of the day, like, small business is what keeps the wheels turning in this yeah. economy, whether we want to admit it to ourselves or not. Like, that's the reality, and investment needs to happen in this middle market level. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's it's... Not looking great. Yeah, yeah. On the in the future, it's going the wrong way. Yeah. All right. Now the positive question. Yeah. What has been the best part of the last few months? For me, it's been the response from the African American community. Okay. Like my people showed out, and they showed out in big ways. Shout out to Crafty Brothers, Darnell. Yeah. I'm gonna have you listen to this. <laughs> so. Big shout out to, to them. It's a guy out of Houston who's okay. doing a lot for for the black community and trying to get involved in the beer industry. Very passionate man, um, and the Caribbean community too. I mean, like we had people fly in for one of our events. Oh my god! Yeah, from, from South Carolina. From South Carolina. Okay. Just like, to come to our event. Yeah. A first Friday event that we had. Um, yeah, it was insane. The sense of community that we've gotten, I think, is priceless. That's. There's a lot of positive energy coming out of this place. You can just yeah, feel it. So, yeah. And uh, knowing how close it is to my work, I will now make this a regular stop. You know, yeah. and rotate around. Yeah. Um, this will probably come out in a week or two, depending on how busy I am. Anything you want to promote for December or anything like that? You want to get the word out on any events? Well, we have a couple of interesting beer releases. Okay, okay. Um, so we have that durian wheat that's coming out. Um, our projected release day is the end of November right now Okay. Um, for that one. Um, and then we will also have a sorrel beer. Okay. Um, sorrel is um, just a traditional um, Jamaican drink that's around the holidays. Mm-hmm. You can add rum to it. Uh, we will not be adding rum to this version, but um, it is um, hibiscus forward. Um has some spices in there, some orange peel, things like that. Um, so we'll be making a uh, tripel um, based on a sorrel. Okay, yes. So that'll be coming out just in time for Christmas okay. um, next month. A um, nice, boozy winter warmer. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Coming over here on a cold day for one of those, for yeah. sure. Um, I just want to give a shout-out real quick to my parents. Of course, yes. Because um, just going off of um, what Jesse said about kind of like the best um, – 
parts of, of opening this brewery. Um, they have been super, super supportive. And um, I guess just a quick story. About yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do it up. Tell them. It's a podcast. Yeah. This is not going on radio, so you're fine. Yeah. No. yeah. Just a, a quick story of like how we, um, or how I told them about the brewery. Um, so we're Indian Jamaican, okay. and they are still very, the very strict, like, Indian parents. Okay. So um, I guess coming to them with the idea for the brewery, um, I was terrified <laughs> that they were going to be like, what are you doing? Why are you throwing your, you know, master's degree away and, and all that? Um, so we um, put them on speaker, told them everything that we were planning up until that point. Um, this was last summer. Um, they were silent on the phone for about a minute afterwards. Very okay. uncomfortable. Then my dad said, I love it. Oh, my gosh. So, like, that feeling of, of them being um, just, like, super supportive of the idea and, um, I don't know, wanting oh, us to I do it since day one. I to that, too. Yeah. Because Harsh's dad didn't just respond with he loved it. After that, he followed up with my daughter's going to be an entrepreneur. And I heard the immigrant voice in him. That level of pride was insane. Yeah. So, so just having... Um, even our, our own personal communities, um, our families and our friends being um, supportive of our idea from day one, yeah. um, there's like no words to describe that. I have nothing more to add. Yeah. Harsha, <laughs> Jesse, thank you two so much. Um, this place is awesome. Thank you for all that you do, the heavy lift that you have taken on, and um, I promise we got to get some, uh, some Metro State folks over here. I'm going to get some some leaders over here because this is impressive so thank you all so thank much you. of course thank you.